This episode was co-produced with the Swiss Entrepreneurs Foundation, a nonprofit organization which aims to support startups and promote the Swiss ecosystem capable of commercializing innovative technologies. Over the next few weeks, we will be releasing a total of six bonus episodes. These episodes will focus on the Swiss Entrepreneurs Foundation's Upscaler program, designed to help rapidly growing startups, as well as on the SWESA, the Swiss Entrepreneurs and Startup Association, which represents all companies and institutions that want to further optimize the economic policy framework in Switzerland. To find out more about the Swiss Entrepreneurs Foundation, visit swissef.ch. And now, on with the show. This kind of mindset was, was really inspiring for me. And I, I was always dreaming, I think, since a small boy already, of having my own company. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and hands-on learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Michele, a warm welcome to the Swiss Peter Show. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you very much, Silvan. It's I'm glad to be here. Awesome. From listener to uh, interview guest, basically. Michele, you are the founder at MyCamper, a camper sharing platform that is based in Switzerland, but recently also launched in Sweden. In order to talk about your journey, we start with the motivation. So what actually motivated you to start your own company in the first place? I think it's... Uh to be creative. Um, when you have your own company, you have an impact. So you can kind of decide into which direction you want to push things forward. And uh, as I grew up in an entrepreneurial family, so my granddad was already a, um, an entrepreneur. So he, he built it up uh, one of the largest furniture stores in Switzerland. And my dad also had a, his own company. It was like uh, always at the dinner's table. It was a topic to talk about the, the stuff going on in the companies. And I was really inspired by that. Uh, and like having the freedom to decide about new ideas, um, the strategy, this, this, this kind of mindset was, was really inspiring for me. And I, I was always dreaming, I think, since a small boy already of having my own company. So I think it's that creative part and having an impact that really motivates me. Awesome. Uh, so you really do have entrepreneurship in your DNA, basically. And what's the specific problem that you solve with my camper? And why was there even a market opportunity for a camper sharing platform in Switzerland? Um, it's it's the, the meaningful part as well that is really, really motivating for us. I mean, it's also one of our values that we live in my camper. It's uh, meaningful that we have the defined. So we think um, camper sharing is, is totally meaningful as we make better use of existing resources. So campers basically stand around about 90% of their time. They cost a lot in the beginning and maintenance costs are quite high as well. So it, it's for us, it makes total sense to, to share them, um, these resources. And uh, for us, it's also inspiring to, to kind of make micro entrepreneurs with our camper owners. So they, they get a side income. And then the, so, so that's the, the part uh, that uh, motivates us and where we see, where we think it's, it's really meaningful. 
Awesome. Did you also see, you know, a trend going to that direction that you said now is the right time to actually launch uh, the startup MyCamper? Or what gave you the push to actually launch the company in the first place? It was actually the idea. So it was summer 2024 when my girlfriend and uh, me, we were with our bus called uh, Charlie on Sardinia. And uh, we were talking and uh, philosophing about life. And we realized there the first time that uh, our van stands around so much time, although we used it a lot. Um, but uh, due to the five weeks holidays and then the weekends, it's really not much more than 10, maybe 15%. Uh, and uh, th then I, in a first thought, I, I wanted to create a web page for, for uh, Charlie, but then I realized that, hey, you, we can like, just adapt and, and apply the, the Airbnb model for, for leisure vehicles. And uh, then I came like really motivated uh, home from that uh, vacation. And I checked, of course, online if, if this already exists. And I saw that in some other countries, there were some really small players very in the beginning. And, uh, I, and then I thought like, let's, let's try that in Switzerland as well. Awesome. Let's also look at your team. What experience does your team bring to the table to also bring my camper to success? It's the variety, I think. So we have like with Stefan, that is our CMO, um, an online uh, and performance marketing manager with, with a profound background in that area. And Miri, um, another co-founder with uh, more the, the financial and, and client support and client service background. Um, myself as well, more with a financial and a strategic background. Um, coming from that area and uh, I think the different other um, areas that that are needed to be covered like tech finance legal so kind of uh, the, the the different areas that the team covers basically the whole package then awesome let's also look at the milestones so what are some of the milestones that you recently achieved I, I can imagine launching in Sweden is probably one of them Exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. So one was uh, the launch in Sweden this year, and uh, another one was the thousand campers that we achieved um, this spring, um, that we are proud of, and uh, and um, and the revenues there where we could uh, really hit the the one million threshold um, that we are really happy about. Nice. Congrats on these milestones. That's great. Thanks. Now, we also always like to look at the competitive landscape. So is there any competition out there for my camper? And if so, how do you actually differentiate yourself from your competitors? There are. I mean, there are in other countries like Germany, France, etc. There are other players, but mainly there are, we, we call them like national heroes. So national players that maybe um, are in some other countries but there is not yet uh, really a European dominant player. And uh, so we are all in a bit in, a, in the same stage, maybe one a little bit bigger than the other one, but uh, trying to cover more and more countries. So I would say the, the main competitors are, are the international campus sharing platforms um, that exists. 
And so far, I think we are lucky in Switzerland that there are not many other players. I mean, there are, of course, uh, some players that are coming in and that we also know they will come in uh, next year. And uh, new players that uh, just uh, will launch or have launched a platform. So, of course, competition gets, uh, gets uh, more intense in the future. And... Uh, the, the differentiation, it's, it's always hard. I mean, it's, it's an online platform. It's also, if you ask me, what is the differentiation about like Tutti and Ricardo and all these platforms, I think it's, it's difficult. It's the convenience of the platform um, that the user really sees the added value of your platform. It's, um, I guess, the, the, the insurance solution that is a very important part for our platform that people um, feel safe uh, when they rent out or rent, rent a vehicle. And uh, what we think or believe in is the ecosystem. So we really work with different players. Um, we can like um, communicate very soon a very cool partnership with also a national big player um, where we try to add new services and, uh, and, and to really be a one-stop shop for, for people that uh, want to do a camper trip. Awesome. Sounds great. You know, we all know that building a company or building a startup is actually very hard and also a lot of hard work. Usually a lot of sweat and tears that you put into your company. So what has been the toughest challenge for you that you had to overcome so far uh, with your company? I think the first thing that comes up my mind is uh, the financing round, our last financing round that we um, we closed during really high season of the first corona wave or during the lockdown so we had kind of the stamp that we are um, uh, a tourism and then travel startup and uh, and of course nobody knew how this will end up um, the whole crisis with corona and uh, of course we were in this area that was uh, hit mostly like with the event uh, industry in this sector and that was really, really tough because we relied on the on the fresh capital, on this new capital, and uh, and and to convince and keep the new investors. Um, how do you say like that they stick with you, that we can close the round, and this was really, really hard. So we actually lost also uh, one of the big investors in that round. And uh, to keep the other ones happy that we could close the round, this was really a tough time. I even had like some horror scenarios in my head. Uh, what if this um, capital will not come? What are plan B and C? So this, this, yeah, I had some, yeah, some nights without sleep. <laughs> How do you actually handle that? I mean, this is really an intense period if you have to deal with all this uncertainty. Is there any tip that you can give to other founders of how to deal and also how to prepare if such a fundraising round that is crucial for you will actually not go through? So what were your plan B and C scenarios? I mean, um, plan B would have been, okay, we, we raise less. So, I mean, with our existing shareholders and you, I could rely on them. That was really, really cool. So, so they, they still believed in the business model and in the team. So I plan B would have been with a, with a much smaller round and plan C would have been without the money, but unfortunately or happily, we didn't have to go with that plan, but this would have been like, um, yeah, we, we would need to, to, 
um, go with a smaller team then. And this was also my, my biggest worries that I had at that time. And uh, I, I think like how to cope with it for, for me, it was like to really have this uh, intense uh, and transparent um, exchange with the founder team. So we, we were aligned, we were informed, all of us. Um, the exchange, of course, as well with the family that uh, supports you and, uh, and also with, with, uh, with advisors that help, that help with their experience. And at the end, it's really what I can give maybe as a small advice. It's like step by step. I mean, I heard once this saying, um, if you drive like from the east to the west coast, uh, for example, of the United States, you don't during the night, you don't need to, to see the whole way already. So you always see only the next 50 meters with the lights, but like step by step and you will at the end uh, achieve um, what your plan is. So, so I really had always to tell to myself again, look, maybe I don't see the whole, the whole road yet, but um, yeah, I go into this direction. And this helped it to a little bit calm down as well. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great perspective to take that will really also help other founders if they ever find themselves in that situation to really think about the step-by-step -step approach that you just mentioned. Recently, you were also part of the Upscaler program, which is organized by the Swiss Entrepreneur Foundation. What would you say has been the most valuable thing to come out of the Upscaler experience for your company? I think it's, um, so, so the first um, workshop, they call it the 360 degrees workshop, where they really um, dig into your company and uh, and like really have this uh, view and and, and uh, ask about like the board finance strategy team etc so they really want to understand the whole startup and there for me it was fascinating how much time firstly they invested so in advance and uh, this workshop i think lasted like five hours i was was really exhausting at the end but very very constructive and, and good and I was like fascinated how like they could find like each weak point that we had. So it was like, it gave me a, a huge transparency into like our weak spots that we have in our um, company. And to afterwards, at the end, actually, this was uh, our agenda for the follow-up workshop. So then we just... Uh, um, uh, um, said okay look these are the five points that we saw now and maybe let's let's prioritize them and we go step by step through all of them so this was really good to get this this uh, overall picture and it helped us for the founder team to get really aligned so for example they asked us what are our our own like our private um, kind of the the eigene strategy so the the own strategy for my camper but also where do we want to be in three years personal personally and this aligned us really a lot so so the founders um, and being very transparent with and, and honest with each other what we want to achieve over the next years maybe also how long we are committed for for doing that what we are doing and being honest there as well maybe it's not over the next 10 years anymore and uh, this this helped and and gave us like a kind of uh, a crystal clear strategy and roadmap over the next three to five years. And uh, yeah, I think that was the biggest added value. Nice. Also, from my perspective, these are really some unexpected results that you got out of that, because in some programs you feel like, sure, it was worth 
it probably, but it's also always a bit of trade-off between your time and what you actually get out of it. So why do you actually choose or chose uh, the upscaler program and not something else in the first place? Exactly. Maybe to, to what you mentioned, I was also a little bit skeptical in advance. So I even asked Simon, who, who is the, the who leads this program, like if I can have some reference and then call these startups that went through this program first, because as you mentioned, it's really a, a big investment and then time effort that you bring in. And, uh, and uh, they were really positive about the program. And I think it was just a perfect fit for where we are in the kind of in the company life cycle. So we are now just uh, launching Sweden this year. So we are really in this internationalization uh, phase and, and try to scale up internationally. And this was um, where they focus on with, uh, with that um, program. So it was kind of a perfect fit uh, for our stage. So is that also what you would recommend to others that might consider the upscaler program to really think, hey, as soon as you found your initial customers, maybe hit the 1 million in revenue. Um, so now you're looking at internationalization, at fast growth. Is that the right timing for the upscaler program or what else is important in terms of timing and making it a good fit? I think so. I, I think that's really... Uh where or is my feeling where they can help most uh, at the moment but i wouldn't say that uh, i mean that they 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 have that as a requirement is 1 million revenue but i wouldn't say that it's it's not worse to do it even before so i think for us would have been even worse to do it last year um to to even set up like uh, which country where we went through all these discussions which countries should be the first international market etc so I think as soon as you think about them and talk about them, which markets uh, is the next one, then I think um, they can really, really help and, and add value to that discussions. Awesome. Talking about adding value, there are also experts involved that really support you along the, this program. How was the cooperation with them and your experience? You know, there are also many experts out there. Um, some of them have actually never built the company themselves. So I always find that a bit difficult or hard if then these people give you advice to run your own company. So how was your experience with the experts in the Upscaler program? Exactly. That's why I'm, I'm sometimes also very critical about these programs. Um, <laughs> but it's actually not true for our case. So we only had like we talked so far to, to really the experts that uh, still run their own companies that did already exits. Um, that know exactly what we are talking about and that went through all these stages that we are now asking for, for answers and where we have questions. So they can really, really, that's why I mentioned it, they can really add value there and give in their experience. And um, for, for us, for example, they can also, or they, they connected us to, to really like platform experts that um, scaled up and built up bigger marketplaces and online platforms in that area. Maybe not in the camper area, but uh, what I mean is like this two-sided market approach that is sometimes a little bit different than, for example, a, a, a startup in the B2B area. So where they can really uh, connect us with, with uh, specific experts that helps us because often we have very specific questions and then it doesn't help just, uh, I don't know, somebody that has, has a kind of a general knowledge about building up a startup. Right. Are there any experts that you can uh, call by name that really helped you along that program? 
So far, it's the, the two Peters, so Peter Stale and Peter Balsiger, that uh, were, th these were also the challenger in the beginning with the 360 degrees analysis. And, uh, and also afterwards, like um, kind of developing with us this, this new strategy. Um, so with them, we had a really, really good cooperation so far. Awesome. So, you know, we here at Swisspreneur, we are big fans of the Net Promoter Score. We always use the score to assess our content, but also events that we do. So in that regard, I would also like to ask you, what's your rating of the actual upscaler program overall, your experience on a scale from one to 10? One is very bad and 10 is pure awesomeness. I would say it's between the eight and 10 because these, these are the ones that <laughs> count for the positive ones for the recommendation. Right. So I, I, I'm definitely in that area. Awesome. Is there anything that you would uh, like to change or, or add to the program that was missing from your perspective? Yeah, maybe one point. Uh, sometimes it's like our, our exchange or the frequency, how often we meet them is like, um, I mean, we can drive that, to be honest. So it's really uh, in our hands. But there it's at the moment uh, about uh, six to eight weeks. And uh, I think what would sometimes help would be like if there would be a, a call option between the workshop um, dates that uh, if questions in between come up. But I, I guess they would be open for these solutions. It's just um, that I didn't maybe um, um, ask so far. But this, um, what already happens or when I thought like, okay, but here I'm not sure I would really like to, to have their opinion. Um, I think that would help as well. Fair point. So now we talked about your past. We are, of course, also very interested about your future. You just launched in Sweden. You crossed the 1 million revenue mark. What, what is next for you and my camper? What can we expect from you in the next 12 months? Um, in the next 12 months, so next year for us, it's a clear focus on growth again. Um, I think there is still enough potential in Switzerland to, to fastly grow. Um, our goal is at least to double again next year and uh, in Sweden to become the number one. There is at the moment also a local player in the market and we, our goal is to beat that uh, player. And uh, the year afterwards, it's, it's all about expansion. So we would like to be the number one in the Nordics. So getting attack, attack new markets, uh, mainly Finland and Norway as well and Denmark. Um, yeah, and uh, in the in the third year, I think it's it's getting the shift um, successfully done from a, a kind of a pure growth um, um, focus to a profitability focus. Got it. Yep, uh, I think these are the relevant challenges: growing first, and then of course also being profitable as a startup company. That's a very good plan for the next twelve months. Now we also want to know a bit more about you as a person, Michele. We heard everything about my camper now and your experience in the Upscaler program. And to get to know you a bit better, we have some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you a thinker or a maker? Definitely a maker. I think uh, as many of us entrepreneurs are, leader or team player? I think team player. That was a bit of difficult decision. So why team player? Yeah, I think I, I, I like kind of to have the lead. But for example, when I uh, founded my camper, I was also looking for uh, like co-founders. So to have a team, 
as it's just much more fun to to do things together and not alone. Fair point. Holacracy or hierarchy? Holacracy. Are you also organized that way? Um, we're actually just uh, thinking of, or not thinking, but uh, communicating next week um, a new setup where we really want to focus on that uh, that topic. So kind of setting up the team not uh, as uh, marketing and customer success and then other teams, but to have like two kind of growth teams that focus on the two market sides where we're really going to mix up like product, marketing, customer success, etc. in one team. So more or less, uh, much more or less kind of hierarchy and classical structures. Nice. A niche player or global leader? I think it's just the, the matter of, of where we are. It's a niche player. So we are in a niche with the camper business. And now, I mean, due to the current circumstances, of course, also some Corona or COVID questions. Are you a COVID winner or a COVID loser from your perspective? No, I think that we're definitely a, a winner, an unexpected winner. People want to still do vacation, but they want to do them close to home or they can only do them close to home. So they need to rent a camper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're like outdoor in the nature and uh, you, you know with whom you're traveling. So it's really, it's kind of a, still a good way to, to make holidays. Right. And the last one, COVID credit, yes or no? Uh, yeah, we did. We applied for that. Awesome. Great. So these were all my questions, Michele. Thank you so much for taking the time. It was a pleasure talking to you. And we wish you and the whole My Camper team lots of success for the future and are curious to see what we can read and hear about your case with the expansion and the profitability as a focus over the next years. All the best. Thank you very much, Silvan. It was nice talking to you too. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, you can support us by rating our show on Apple Podcasts. This way, we can reach an ever-growing number of aspiring entrepreneurs.